It is Tuesday, November 29th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Monday Night Football wraps up week 12 of the NFL. And Auburn has a new head coach. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Steelers get an upset win on the road 24-17 thanks to some questionable clock management. Auburn has hired Liberty head coach Hugh Freeze as their new head coach. And the Browns activate Deshaun Watson. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? We'll start with Monday Night Football here to help us break it down. The only two-time winner two-time. of the Super Contest, he is Steve Fezzik. Fez, what a disaster of a coaching display in the fourth quarter by Jeff Saturday in this one. Forget about what happened throughout the entire course of this game. Yes, I'm going to make it come down to the final drive. Uh, what did you make of the decision or lack thereof of Jeff Saturday to utilize any of his three timeouts when the Colts were driving down a touchdown in the closing minutes? So I agree with it being a disaster, and but it's not just Jeff Saturday. What I don't understand, I blame the owner. I blame the owner. <laughs> when you hire a coach that has no competence at game management, part of that should be, hey, I am gifting to you Scott Seinberg or A.J. Hoffman or Steve Fezzik, and he's going to be in your ear, and he's going to tell you what to do. He's going to say, got to call time out here. Mm-hmm. Now, you can choose to follow his advice or do something, or just do your own thing. But you know what? If you do your own thing, you better have a damn good reason to be confident because all things being equal, you need a basic strategy chart. Like in Blackjack, you have an A7, the dealer's a 4, you double down. All right. Now, you can vary depending upon what the count is. There's lots of little cards left. But the bottom line is you double with A7 against a 4, and like the guy in your ear immediately has to tell you what to do, and you do it if you don't have a strong conviction. And you know what? You should never have a strong conviction because if Jeff Saturday couldn't figure out they should call be calling timeouts, not after one play, but both these plays, he clearly has no idea what he's doing. It makes sense. He's got 99 different other things he's got to do. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have time to watch game management, and I'm confident I've watched 10 times more endgame football games than Jeff Saturday has during his career. Do we, do we not give any credit to—listen, Jeff Saturday knows more about football than any of us than probably most of the coaches in the NFL. Because, like, you, you, don't, you don't become one of the best sinners in the world like, because you don't know what's going on on a football field. This isn't – like Peyton Manning didn't trust this guy with his entire career because he was a dummy. Like at some point, there, there has to be – listen, this guy knows football. He just – he's got too many jobs right now. I, well, strong, sure. I, I strongly disagree. The, the game management is, is a skill decision-wise. You, you give a questionnaire to a guy who's been a center his entire life or who's played wide receiver, or you give me the questionnaire, I'll get all the questions right, and I'll answer them immediately, and they'll have no idea. You have example. You're, it's the end of the first half. There's a minute left. You have the ball on your own, 40, uh, 4th and, and three. Now the memo's gone out on this. What's the correct call? You, you, you pretend to go for it hard count. You try to get him to draw him offside. It's it's a no brainer. You every good coach does that now. The word has gotten out, but bad coaches don't do it because they just don't know. What, what I'm what my whole thing here is that Jeff Saturday could be a tremendous football mind, 
but he's never been in this role before. And in this role, it's not just – I felt like he got caught just watching the game. He, he got caught just – being in the moment of watching his team do something as opposed to being a leader at that point. When Matt Ryan gets sacked with a minute 36 left, you lose seven yards on the play. Call timeout. Nope. Let them get to the line of scrimmage and run the next play. It's a scramble drill. Matt Ryan runs for 14 yards. At that point, you have to call timeout. Think about everyone He's that... huffing and puffing 14 yards. He just ran. Think about everyone who has bet... The oppo side, and they bet on if someone has bet on Pittsburgh to win this game, you're like, please, God, don't call timeout. Yeah. We're gonna win. We're tick, tick, tick. It, it's so obvious when you when you ask two guys who, who actually bet the game. One guy's bet on Indianapolis. He's screaming timeout. The person that's betting Pittsburgh's like, run the clock. It's, so, it's that it's that easy, actually. L- let me let me pose a question to you guys. Mm-hmm. Is Jeff Saturday? Would you say Jeff Saturday is the the worst coach in the NFL? No. Then what does experience matter? Like if Nathaniel Hackett has twenty years of coaching experience, and I, most people will say he's the worst coach in the NFL. I agree. Then how can we say Jeff Saturday doesn't have the experience to do this experience job? Experience is irrelevant. I could go to FedEx and 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 someone's been delivering packages. That's for 30 wrong. Years. Should no. they run the company? He's got thirty years of experience delivering packages. Look, you can be a tremendous football coach. I mean, if you have 20 years of sports betting, uh, you know, under your belt, you're going to be way better at it than someone who's got one year, right? No, not always. Well, then, okay. There's plenty of of guys that have been in the business for 30, 40 years. Like, there's a lot of old guys that are betting sports that have no no clue what they can do. I'll use an example. Let me give an example. Okay. There's a guy very much, I'm not going to mention him, very much respect him. He's a great handicapper, Okay. He's been in the business for 30 years. He puts in his contests. He decides what he's going to play for his contests on Wednesday because he doesn't. He wants to formulate his opinion, and he doesn't want to be swayed by all the white noise and the like. Well, that's god-awful because you've got, like, three days of injury information and other And if he had 19 more years of doing this, he would realize that's a dumbo move, right? Yeah, I, I can't explain it. And I, well, I can't explain it because what happened is I'm sure he had a year where he would have like cashed and, and and had a high and and he and he followed the and he put in his plays later and he did worse that one year and then it has per, it has swayed him for the rest of his career erroneously. All I'm trying to say is that we have we have so many examples of great football coaches that are tremendous coordinators but they're not good head coaches because there's something extra about being the head coach that these guys tend to miss. Whether it's Rex Ryan, tremendous defensive coordinator, not a great head coach. What are we seeing from Todd Bowles now? We saw it with the Jets. Now we're seeing it with the Bucks. Tremendous defensive coordinator, not a great head coach. It's corporate America. You get promoted to the level of incompetency. You know, Nathaniel Hackett can call an offense. Not a good head coach. We see it all the time in this league. And Jeff Saturday could be an incredible football coach. But as far as being the head coach and having to oversee everything— Exactly, and you want to you want to go back and look at Bill Belichick's first three games and but, see what you think of him as a head coach. This is what we're seeing. Well, well, I, here, here's my you biggest, have to expect my biggest like concern. This. this is what I like about Nathaniel Hackett, and I don't like about Saturday is post in the postmortem. I want a coach that comes out and is honest and just said, you know what, fuck that. You you don't remember Nathaniel Hackett's first game where he said. We weren't in field goal range. Remember that? All right. Maybe I'm wrong about he, Hackett. He lied. I want to, I he want literally – and then I the next to, week they tried to kick a 60-something yarder. I want a coach that comes out and says, you know what? It was the heat of the moment. 
I'm going to grow and, and I get better from this. I, I agree the, with that. I, I may well, he doesn't have to say I made the wrong, I may well have made the wrong call. You know, some, something, you know, I, I, I regret that decision. Not this bullshit of, oh, whatever I did, you know, is is correct and right when, when everyone knows it's wrong. Here's what I believe, and this is what this is what I think the NFL is trending towards. They want guys who, X's and O's be damned. They, your coordinators are going to do X's and O's. They want guys who can lead men. And I think they look at – and I think Mike Vrabel is a great example. Great. Hire someone who's a game manager. Okay. Take that off your plate and, Mike, and just do what he tells you to do. In fact, screw that. Give him let, – let him have the, the mic and tell people what to well, do. Well, and remember, Fez, they made this decision midseason. Yeah. So it's not like they had a whole offseason to set up everything around Jeff Saturday. The, the, what was the expectation of the Colts when they hired Jeff Satter? Did anybody think they were yeah. going to be like contending for the playoffs? Now all of a sudden we're holding them to this crazy standard because they won the first game under Saturday, and, they and they're like, with the oh, yeah. now they got to be good. No, the Colts just stink. It's not all Jeff Saturday's fault. Yeah. Like, it's, by, by the way, I'm gonna. I want to call out as far as this coaching decision. I want to call the media out. Okay, because there's two cases where, where where coaches went for two to win, and in most cases with under 30 seconds to play. It doesn't really matter. You're going to win about half the time, yeah. whether you go for two or kick the extra points. But but you know that if the Chargers had lost that game, Brandon Staley would have been he'd be he'd be like working in an eleven eight stand next week. Scott and I addressed this yesterday, and I, I I really believe this. You want if you've got the best player, which really which means if you've got the best quarterback, you want to go for two. If, if you, you had bet Arizona, are you happy or unhappy they're going for two? Unhappy. Unhappy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're certainly not happy. But it, yeah, you're it, like, whoa, what's oh god? If you're if you're the Jags, or or if you're or if you're the Ravens, are you happy the Jags are going for two? No. Of course not, because no, you've because got I'm Lamar prob- Jackson. I, I, yeah, you I'm, want them to tie the game, give you the ball back. Forget and Lamar Jackson. Time, I got this guy that can kick a sixty-five. Well, yard that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they almost did it. But <laughs> sixty-seven. But I think if, short by eight yards. It if you have the best quarterback. On your team. side, you want to go for two. If they have the best quarterback, you want to not give that quarterback a chance to touch the ball. Yeah, just end it. Just yeah. end it. Mm-hmm. And intuitively, the, the good college football coaches, I think, understand this. If you're Ohio State and you're playing Wisconsin and you're down one, kick the extra point. Go to overtime. If you're Wisconsin, yeah, you always go coaches, for two. Coaches Prob- have always said yeah. you you go for two when you don't think you can win in overtime. And that's the right decision that both those teams made this past Sunday. The more important discussion, AJ, we and have offenses to, have the edge. Yes. In the Chargers, Arizona offense, had we, the edge. we have to have this discussion. Okay, this is the most important thing. Fez, you're here for a reason. We made a Dumbo bet, <laughs> and we 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 have to be honest with you because we don't want to lie to Uh-oh. you. Oh, I okay. said it out loud on the pod. I said Uh-oh. if Fez was here, he would say, "Don't <laughs> we do don't, this. We don't want to lie to you." But the Dumbo bet won. Now, talk to me. The two team teaser. Two team teaser. Steelers. I love the Steelers. Plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. Plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. Correct. Six point and teaser. What, six what, point what, teaser. Were you laid minus 120 or less? 120. 120. Minus 120 and, less. And the second leg was. Not the total. The under was, in this game. It was the total. The under last night. <laughs> Which, by the way, it won. If you bet, if you tease the total under, you were a winner. If you tease the total over, aware. you were a winner. Yeah. Aware. You know what? I'm going to come over the top because I played under 44, but I didn't. I didn't play any teaser. Okay. I, I, I played under 44 two weeks ago. I believe I gave that out when we were talking about. It. I could be wrong. 
I don't know. You may, you may Indianapolis have. games. I played uh, games of the year under. Um, but wh- why is this a Dumbo bet to you? Okay. The reason it's a Dumbo bet is that when you play a teaser and you're laying minus um, 280 on each leg, you're laying, I know you're saying, no, I didn't, Fess, I didn't lay minus 280. I, I laid minus 120. Each one of the legs is minus 280. And how do I get that? So if you start out with, you bet 120 to win 100. Okay, mm-hmm. with your two-teamer. If theoretically, I know the games were concurrent, so you couldn't have done this. But if you if you invested the 120, you laid minus 280, you calculate what that would pay, you reinvest all of it at minus 280 again, boom, your 120 is going to win 100, you're going to wind up with $220. Okay? okay. All right. So what does that mean? Well, I'm laying minus 280 on each leg. That's almost minus 300. That means I've got to win 74% of the time to break even. Okay? And a lot of math. You got to win seven. So I ask you. So obviously Pittsburgh plus two. That's going to cover fifty percent of the time. All right. How much is Pittsburgh plus eight and a half going to cover? Is that going to be seventy five percent? I'll make the case that it's probably more than that. Yeah, they, they, it's going yeah. to happen a lot. That yeah. Pittsburgh's going to lose by three, four, six, mm-hmm, because seven. Because it's a low variance game. Yes. yes, because it's a low total. So like, <laughs> so let's say like twenty six percent of the time Pittsburgh's going to lose by three to eight points. Okay, that's why. The whole point of the teasers is not a you want to capture a whole lot of probability distribution mess. Okay, so in the total, the total in this game was thirty nine and a half, and you teased under forty five and a half. Yes, is that correct. Okay, so the good news is you you're pick going up through key numbers forty, forty one, forty four. You're picking up forty one, forty three, and forty four. You're picking up some 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 key numbers. And That's bear what, with this me. This is what I explained this is what last we night. Talked about. Yep, are beautiful. So let's let's actually do what the numbers are. So how often is forty one going to land? I'm going to say five percent of the time. How often 43 and 44 are going to land each? 3%. Like, I'm going to give you four for okay. both of those. Generous. 42 is only, is only going to hit 2%. 40 is going to hit 2%. 45 is going to hit 2%. I'm not making these numbers up. These are from, like, previous. So if I add up these six numbers, you go 2 plus 5 plus 2 is 9 plus 4, 13, 17. So 19% of the time, it's going to land. So it's certainly going to land in the corridor, uh, not an insignificant amount. But if I have a 50% bet on the total and I add 19%, now I've got a 69% bet. Trying to make money playing a 69% bet laying minus 280 is a loser. Now you can come over the top and say, but Fez, I like the under. The chance of winning the under was, I thought, was more like 57%. And now if I add 19%, I'm winning 76%. So it's plus EV. That could be true. But if that's the case, and I know you would have lost on this bet, then just play under 39 and a half. You don't have to F around with the teaser. Mm-hmm. So there are positive EV bets on totals that are teasers, but they're only positive EV because the handicap's so strong, you should just bet it straight. But in but this it case, would have lost. Yeah, it would have But in this lost. case, it would have lost. So you're, yeah. you're, you're geniuses. But I do like directionally, if you must tease something, for God's sakes, tease a total that's that's like on the very low end yes. of a 36. Mm-hmm. Don't tease a four, a 52 teaser like over. Don't tease the Houston SMU game. Right? <laughs> Don't tease the Houston SMU yeah. game. Don't yeah. do that. Yes. I, yeah, I, I agree. And that's the only reason I said, listen, with a total below 40, the, neither one of these teams is the kind of type that's going to run away from anybody. Mm-hmm. Why not just you – know, I, and I and the two and a half to eight and a half was a Wong teaser. I was like, why not? Well, that was I, locked in. We yeah. knew that was like I'll, no matter what. Off of Stanford Wong, and, and I encourage everyone who's who wants to – Pursue the math. Go to Sharp Sports Betting. is is the is, It's one of the top five sports betting books out there. Stanford Wong. He's not a handicapper. He's a math guy. So he makes lots of bets on things like I can't name a player, but I know if it's a low total and I've got a team that's a two point underdog, I'm teasing them to plus eight. And guess what? In the long run, if I play every single one of these, I'm going to make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so that was uh, the first. Uh, that was the Dumbo bet that we made. 
with the Dumbo bet that cash, and we wanted your opinion on that. Uh, I, I want to get your opinion on something else as we move away mm-hmm. from Monday Night Football. Uh, did you play my three-star hockey bet last night? Yes. I, I was confident that um, the one of the New York teams was going to win that game. Or the New Jersey team won that game. Same thing. The Devils. Yes. So, so no, no, I laid I but, laid minus one ten. Yes. Okay. So I gave it out at minus one fourteen. The prevalent widely available a- number. And and about an the shopper, hour though. before puck drop, this thing got steamed to the Rangers, where the Devils were as low as even money, maybe even plus one oh one in some books. The Rangers went to like minus one seventeen, I saw at the high water mark. Was it an injury related or just just this is money. what I don't understand. I listen. I follow every beat reporter there is. There. I'm I, I I tune into the broadcast. I'm watching the pregame uh, warmups. Both goalies were starting. Both starting goaltenders. There was one player for the Rangers, defenseman Ryan Lindgren, who was questionable. It was a game time decision. He's good because I recognize the name, and he is good because there was a <laughs> listen. There was a stat that I gave out as a part of my handicap on the Rangers where. Their goals against per game goes up by 1.2 when he doesn't play. 1.2. Yeah. So I basically was like, if Ryan Lindgren's out, we're hammering. Even if he does play, he's not 100%. We're mm-hmm. still going to be on it. I don't think that Ryan Lindgren playing moves the line that much. So this is just steam. This is just somebody out there putting massive amounts of money on the New York Rangers, it, it could be as simple as a um, I don't I don't know hockey handicappers uh-huh. that have, that have like lifetime winning records and like, but I can tell you, you know, do you think like like explain this to me? Could it just be one book moving the line and then everybody trying to play catch up? It, it can, no, absolutely not. But okay. what it can't what it, it, it can it can be one syndicate that's like we're, we're going to get a hundred thousand down on this or forty thousand down on, it, and so they have to bet at every book to get that because the limits on hockey are like two dimes on on sides at most books, or it could be a very respected handicapper. I'll use, give example, um, myself, uh, Dr. Bob sports, well, uh, so right uh, angle for, sports. For hockey, for hockey, Randy McKay. Okay. Very respected hockey better. Yeah. Randy McKay is a professional yes. better with a specialization in hockey from Minnesota. They play a lot of hockey yeah. up there. eh? yes. And Randy is, is, is respected. So Randy, does he tweet his plays? I don't think he has a service, right? But does no. he, but he tweets. It's, I have okay. no idea. So if Randy McKay sends it to his VIPs and it's like, for all we know, there's one of them in there. Maybe, maybe a bill Crackman is on that or somebody else who's going to want to get down a lot on, because he's made money betting every Randy McKay pick. So all it would take is for Randy to send it out to a distribution list and guess what? Some other people might repackage it. Hell, if I got a Randy McKay pick, so, I might repackage it as a Fezzik two-star. So now let me ask you, would that scare you off of the pick? Because there was, I had no hesitancy. I was fire, I fired on it and people had tweeted at me asking if I was moving off of it. I stayed on it. I'll tell you what happened in the game in a, in a moment. Yes, but it, would, it scares would me. Would it scare death. you off? Absolutely. When I see money coming against me, where a team goes from minus one fourteen to even money. I if, if so, example. I bet minus one ten, and then they say I could get that team at plus one hundred. What do I do? A bet more at the better number. B um, have, bu- have, have, have buyer's remorse and, uh, and 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 try to cancel my bet if if, if allowed in a book at no penalty. Or C play back the other side. The answer is B. I'm like, I'm stuck with my bet. I'm going to root for it to win, but I think I'm screwed. So here's what happened. The Rangers scored two goals in the first three minutes of the game. The first four shots that they put on that, two of them went in. And all of a sudden, everyone on Twitter is like, well, 
there's the steam. Someone knew. Someone knew what was going to happen. And all of a sudden, well, the devil scored four answered and then win mm-hmm. the game. But, like, I- I'm just wondering, I don't know. Could there have been something where it was, let's bet the Rangers here, then we'll bet the Devils live? It no. Is, it's no. pretty fluky. <laughs> well, I'll use, I'll use an example when we talk about the football game. So the Lions 2.5, Colts are 2.5 everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere in the world, all right? Except at Circa, the book in Vegas that takes the biggest limits. So I don't know if they take 100,000 or 50,000 or 200,000, but call it 100,000, all right? They got 1.5. So Circa has the game a point lower than everyone else. Circa is basically telling you, look, you just bring it. You know, all the Colts minus one half you want, even though the line's two and a half. We think Pittsburgh's the right side. I can tell you this. Do I make a big – if I would have liked the Colts, would I make a big bet on on the Colts because Circa's giving me a bargain? I have in the past in games like that. Guess how I've done in those bets? Not well. Not well. Am I hitting 50%? No. I'm under 50%. If Circa – if I love a game and the Golden Nugget – has the best number, or the win, Las Vegas, or points bet, or stations, or, or stations, or Bovada, or Bovada, or my bookie has the best number. Those are the accounts I do great in. Hmm. I do fine against the openers playing against Circa, but against the closers with the biggest limits in the world, yeah, that has not been a successful subset for me. So to summarize, the steam would give you major hesitancy at post. Okay. Especially at post. If it was kind of like like early in the day. No, it was an hour before. Yeah, out. I'd be worried. It was a it was information lineup change, something going on that I was unaware of. Yes. All right. Thank you very much for that answer because I wanted to know how to respond in those situations. But once you've made a bet, yeah. I think more often than not, don't you you can't like be scared of your shadow and like constantly be playing back. And, no, like, but bet, bet once, both sides. Let once me bet both sides. Up, once it was two nothing, I was like, well, they knew. <laughs> they knew. <laughs> they knew nothing. Yeah, they knew nothing exactly. All right, Fez. Before we let you get out of here, you got a best bet for the upcoming week of the NFL. Best bet, I'm going to give a two-team, six-point NFL teaser. Now, unlike you guys who are successful teasing totals, <laughs> I only tease Wong teasers where I'm going through the three and through the seven, and so a plus-two dog or a plus-two-and-a-half dog is juicy for those. So I've got two dogs I really like. I'm going to take the New York Giants from two-and-a-half up to eight-and-a-half. Love it. Hosting the Washington football team. There's no way this line can go to three. I'm Washington, you can make the case, are they better? Maybe. By a little bit. Giants are home. Should be a real close competitive game. And then I'm going to take the Las Vegas Raiders against the Chargers. I think this game, in my, by my power ratings, should be a pick em. I'm getting plus two. I'll take the Raiders up to plus eight. All the Raiders do is play overtime games. Do they win? Do they lose? I don't care. Not your problem. Not It's not my problem. I'll turn the game off when it goes to overtime. Um, so uh, two-team teaser with the G-Men. And the Las Vegas Raiders both catching plus eight or more. All right, Fizz. I like that. And so uh, no more Dumbo bets on uh, the totals. That, right? I'm going to give you the biggest Dumbo bet that people make sports betting. This is really important. If you do this, you probably a lot of people are doing this their whole lives. There's nothing wrong with playing some parlays recreationally betting small. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, if you play a three-team parlay against the spread, it pays six to one. Those are actually true odds. You're not even getting jobbed if you would take – if you bet, if you took $100, bet team one, cash your ticket, reinvest everything, mechanical parlay, bet team two, reinvest everything after wins, bet team three, you'll wind up with $700. Or you can just play the $100 to win $600. Either way, you wind up with approximately $700. You get paid true odds. It's the four-team parlay where you get ripped off. You get cheated. And here's why. The four-team parlay pays 11 to 1 in Vegas. Those are Vegas odds. So what happens 
after your three and you essentially have taken the hundred, and now it's equity. It's worth seven hundred. If it was a three teamer, you're done. So you've got seven hundred in your pocket. Now you're risking seven hundred dollars of your hard earned dollars to win five hundred on the fourth leg because it pays eleven to one. So you are laying minus one forty. You are playing four times the juice on the fourth leg than you did on the first, second, and third leg. Thus, never play a four-team or a five-team parlay off the board. You have to maximize it at a three-team parlay. And I guess it gets worse as you go up? Yes. Now, one way around this, it's perfectly fine to play a three-team parlay, a four-team parlay, if one of them is a money line. Because then they'll calculate ah, okay. it like it's true odds. Do you also Would you also co-sign a three-team teaser at plus 160? Yes, a three-team teaser at plus 160 is roughly equivalent to a two-team teaser minus 120. Plus 140 is no good, plus 160, absolutely. Okay, thank you. Yes. But, and if you could find a four-team teaser, which someone might still might have, at even money, I'm sorry, at three to one. The four-team teaser at three to one is the same as betting a two-team teaser at even money. So a four-team teaser at three to one, which I don't know if any book still has, that is outstanding. You know, the South Point, it's funny, they like— the the sportsbook director said, you know, we queried all of our teasers, and it turns out, you know, we've actually gotten killed over the years with four like four and six team teasers in the NFL. Well, no kidding, guys, you were paying three to one and seven to one, so you're essentially. I was were just paying, about to ask you, what about a seven to one on a six? So you, yeah, you were paying yeah. fair odds. You were paying was, even. You're paying better than fair odds. You're paying even money. Yeah. On a two-team teaser, when everyone else is charging minus one twenty, <gasps> shocker! The wise guys are able to take advantage of you. Yeah, I, I, I may have experience with those six teams, uh, <laughs> seven to one teasers. All right, Fezzik, enjoy week thirteen. We will talk to you uh, after Thursday night football. Sounds good. The coaching carousel in college football has gotten underway. Rumors last week that Auburn was going to hire Lane Kiffin, which of <laughs> course. Lane Kiffin had to poo-poo, but then you could tell there was something there was there was a little a little fire with that smoke. But I think from what I was told, Lane Kiffin's family loves being in Oxford so much they didn't want to leave, and that's what it, really, what it came down to. Instead, Auburn's going to hire Hugh Freeze, and hey, he's back in the SEC. Back in the SEC, you remember he did coach at Auburn, uh, excuse me, at Ole Miss before, mm-hmm. and to, with great success. Yep. In fact. Uh, was let go for personal reason. Uh, but Hugh Freeze, this is a guy who has had nothing but success at the college coaching level. If you are willing to look past some of the the personality traits, mm-hmm. you've got yourself a good football coach here. This is a guy who who wins literally everywhere. Yeah, he's won in the SEC before. He did a tremendous job at Liberty. Uh, lured, you know, what's interesting is that when he was at Liberty, he lured Auburn's quarterback or quarterback of the future yeah. away from the program to then lead his program. That was Malik Willis, yeah. who was at Auburn before transferring to Liberty. So now he goes and uh, says, hey, sorry for taking the future of your program, but now I'm the future of your program. I think he's going to do a great job recruiting. And I think Auburn's in in, in good hands here. Um, they they you know it's a it's it's a marquee program in the SEC. They have great recruiting base, and getting a coach that has success like that is only going to uh, further the stability of a program that was really in a lot of instability. And I think what's really interesting about this is that Cadillac Williams is being retained on his staff. So we talked about this. The reason why I bet. Auburn against Alabama in the Iron Bowl, which wound up being a push. 
Well, maybe you got 22 and a half and you covered. Uh, the players have responded to Cadillac Williams ever since he was named interim yeah. head coach. And you could tell that they had a passion playing for him. And I think it was a really good decision by Hugh Freeze to retain Cadillac Williams on staff because that's only going to help in recruiting and it's only going to help in swaying any kid that was trying to maybe transfer away into staying with the program. Yeah, this is, and if you look through, you know, year by year, what this guy has done, I mean, 83 and 42 as a head coach. That's in, in between Arkansas State, Ole Miss, and Liberty. Mm-hmm. One losing season since 2011. He wins football games. Wins football games, and he's a hell of a recruiter. Uh, Auburn is a, a program that's got a, a high ceiling, obviously. Yeah. You know, they in my lifetime, they've won a championship, lost a championship, and gotten screwed out of playing for a championship <laughs> for the season they went undefeated. So this is a program with championship ceiling, which a lot of a lot of places just don't have. So with the right guy, and it's been a while since Auburn's had the right guy, even when they won their championship, you could argue they didn't have the right guy. Mm. Uh, so if, if Auburn can get the right guy in there, they feel like they can get back on that mountaintop. They've got a, they've got a big hole to dig out of. Absolutely. Uh, elsewhere in the coaching carousel, Matt Rule. Uh, this no one, surprise. No surprise. Matt Rule goes and he is introduced as the new head coach. At this, this is about as this is about as good as Nebraska could have hoped, right? Yes, but they get upstaged in their own conference because Wisconsin's hiring of Luke Fickle is the bigger. It's, it's is it bigger? Absolutely. Ooh, absolutely. I don't know. Luke Fickle has had so much success at Cincinnati. He, he brought Cincinnati to the college football playoff. Yeah. And being at Ohio State before that, he's to me, he's the better. I mean, yes, Matt Rule did a great job at Temple. Took a terrible program and turned them into a, a, a decent football program. Matt Rule took Baylor from 1-11 his first year well, to 11-3. And and that's the job that got – that's what got him an NFL job is he took over a program – in Baylor in what was in the worst possible situation after the Art Briles scandal. Yeah. And then he made them relevant again, got a job in the NFL with good reason, but proved that he's just not an NFL head coach. And that that's fine. There's a lot of guys that are great college coaches that are not good NFL head coaches. Now, I still think Luke Fickle is the better coach. Let's pause there because did he prove that he's not a good NFL head coach or did he prove that he can't win with – Sam Darnold, yeah. Baker Mayfield, PJ sure. Walker. I mean, I think there's there's levels to it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you know if it's fair to just say he couldn't he couldn't coach. He didn't have he never had a quarterback, and maybe that's on him. But it, 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 I don't know the dynamics of who was selecting all the groceries in Carolina. Yeah, but I I, I do think that this guy is a good. Co- I, I think both guys both. Both schools made about as good of a hire as you could have asked. Yeah, uh, it's and it's interesting. I can't wait to see how these teams look over the course of the next few seasons. But if you're asking me who's got the better cachet in recruiting, that who do I think is going to bring in the talent, I, I trust Luke Fickle to have a better recruiting class than Matt Rule. I am curious to see what happens with Deion Sanders, who has said that he's been offered the Colorado job. I wouldn't take that job. <sighs> I know it's a big step up from where he is, and that's that's the goal, right? To go from the FBS level to to you know FCS. Yeah. Like, y- y- the question is, 
what is the Pac-12 going to be in two years? That's what, that's what I'm saying. And and how do you recruit there? Uh, you recruit because you're Dion. And also, Colorado. Also, it's got one of the best campuses in the country. Like, I don't think recruiting there should be an issue. Like, that's Boulder's a, an awesome place to go. Mm-hmm. Like, we're talking about recruiting to Nebraska and Wisconsin. And oh, I don't know if you can recruit to Boulder, Colorado. Are you crazy? There's legal weed there. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> Colorado right now has the number forty-two ranked recruiting class for next year. Right. Well, and given the givens of what their program is, that ain't bad. You add Deion Sanders to that, I I think you like Jackson State is recruiting like they're recruiting five star guys. Yeah, because and and NIL. Yeah, in the world of NIL that we live in, that's Deion's big selling point is that he's got connections and he's going to be able to, uh, you know, going to be able to get you some money. Yeah, I'm curious to see if if he, a if he takes that job, b if if he doesn't, what what does he do? Uh, I don't think Deion Sanders got into coaching to coach at Jackson State forever. No, but I, I think that there's there's got to be a better job out there. And there's got to be, and I don't know if one will open up this year, but maybe he waits. Maybe he waits for a better job. I mean, what would be the ideal? I mean, I, I mean, I know what it is. It's Florida State. It's Florida State. Yeah. that That's his dream job probably. Yeah, sure. Does Mike Norvell get the boot? Uh, I don't think so. Not this year. I, I think that they showed enough improvement late in the season that he's going to be okay for a little while. Yeah, they had a good year. And uh, one more college football note, Michigan quarterback Cade McNamara, who took his team to the playoff last year, has now entered the transfer portal as a uh, a grad transfer. Which he's going to play right away next year. Yeah, he can, mm-hmm. he can play right away. So, obviously, J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback of the future there now, um and McNamara has it, basically he can go wherever he wants and play immediately. So I you know I don't know if Cade McNamara is a a franchise changing quarterback um but it, there's going to be some program out there that he can probably give a little boost for his last season. Uh probably Miami. I mean Josh Gaddis is there. He was the you know the former offensive coordinator. I mean, are they punting on Van Dyke already? If, I mean, should, it, should be putting on every coach. I think so too. Van Dyke <laughs> should be in the transfer portal of anything. Uh, yeah, um, just a couple. Of, I mean, if he, maybe he goes to a smaller school, maybe um, he goes to corn. Maybe he goes to corn oh, and plays for Matt Rule. Come on, all corn does is cover. They they do. They really do. World Cup soccer today. It's the final game of the group stage for the United States as they take on Iran. At 2 o'clock Eastern time, uh, at the same time, England will take on Wales in their final match. A lot of scenarios to play out here, AJ, with these games. For the U.S., it's simple. If they win, they advance to the group to the round of 16. They advance out of the group stage into the round of 16 with a win. With a draw, they do not because Iran would advance with a draw. This is going to be an interesting match here because... If the U.S. jumps out to a lead, Iran needs that draw to advance. They're going to be, like, super aggressive in trying to get the equalizer. So that, I think, leaves them susceptible to U.S. counterattacks that I kind of think the U.S., if they get up 1-0, they're going to score another goal. So I actually like, if we're going to place a bet on this game, I like over one and a half goals for the U.S., because, like I said, Iran has to sell out to tie the game because they need the draw or else they're eliminated. 
they're going to push forward. That's there's going to be some sort of run there for a counterattack. Now this is all. What's the total for the full match? Total for the full match, I believe, should be two and a half. I see Circa's got two with the over at minus one forty. Westgate's got the over two at minus thirty five, two and a half at Caesars, and the under at minus one sixty. I think yeah, I think if you could find a USA over one and a half goals. That would be the move. I, I see this one being a 2-0 final. That would be the move that I would make. The United States over one and a half goals. But if the U.S. doesn't score first, well, then this ain't hitting. Well, I don't know anything <laughs> about it, but I'm I'm Team USA. Go USA. I, I like USA as USA, well. USA. USA. <laughs> the USA. only way to go. It's even money also. Like, it's even money. It's not like you're laying any juice. Just bet the United States. It's even money. Have fun 2 o'clock in the afternoon and watch them win this game and advance to the round of 16. Before we get into an NBA and NHL look ahead, I'm going to give a college basketball best bet. Starting Houston minus 25. No, I'm starting with the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Which is going away. Did you hear that? I did hear that, and it's That's disappointing. That's terrible. Uh, right now, ACC not advantage in this matchup. I'm going to go with Maryland over Louisville. Maryland minus 12, 12 and a half, shop around. Maryland's 6-0 and this year. They've started out incredible. Louisville is probably the most disappointing team in the country, given like their expectations preseason. They are so bad on offense, 228th in offensive efficiency. Maryland right now at 17th, and it's particularly obvious in the paint where Maryland exceeds. They are 11th best in the country inside the inside the uh, the arc scoring. Louisville 311th at defending it. They are a nightmare. They can't hold on to the ball. 356th nationally in turnover rate at 25.5%. One out of every four times they've got the ball, they turn it over. Maryland dominates the board. They dominate turnovers. They dominate the game. Maryland minus 12, 12 12.5, going to be my best bet for Tuesday. Let's set the stage for all the action in the NBA and the NHL with a Tuesday evening look ahead. New York Knicks, four-and-a-half-point favorites at the Pistons. The Golden State Warriors, minus one-and-a-half at the Dallas Mavericks. And the Portland Trailblazers, three-and-a-half-point favorites hosting the L.A. Clippers. What's on the ice? On the ice, the Lightning will take on the Bruins. Boston, minus 165, total six-and-a-half. Lightning second night of a back-to-back is, man, they fought hard to get a win last night. They were trailing. They scored late in the third, tied the game, and then they win in overtime over the Sabres. You wonder if exerting all that energy last night has a carryover effect into tonight. Sharks are at the Canadiens. Montreal, minus 115, total of six. Hurricanes at the Penguins. Pittsburgh, minus 120, total of six. Islanders at the Flyers, a rematch of a game we just saw a couple of days ago. Islanders, minus 190, total of six. Flyers have lost 10 straight games. Ducks are at the Predators. Nashville, minus 235, total of six and a half. Avalanche at the Jets. Colorado, minus 135, total six. Panthers on the second night of a back-to-back. They will be in Calgary to take on the Flames. Calgary, minus 140, total of six and a half. What a wild game last night that the Panthers were involved in. They come from behind in the third period to take the lead, only to see that lead disappear with four seconds left. The Oilers tied the game, and then the Oilers win it in overtime. Just a roller coaster of emotions last night. Again, you wonder if that has a spillover effect into tonight's games. Capitals at the Canucks. Vancouver minus 120, total 6.5. And the Kraken 
are at the Kings, LA 120, and a total of six. For those of you that did not get my NHL three-star best bet last night, it was the Devils. They won. We talked about it already on the podcast. Winner, winner. And you could have gotten it at a discount. Oh, yeah. AJ, you have a college basketball best bet for tonight, right? I do. And I believe there's multiple picks in that package, There right? are multiple picks in that package. And you can get it for a discount. You can. If you use the promo code LEFTOVERS20. Yeah, we're still eating the leftovers from Thanksgiving. 20% off anything at pregame.com. It could be a daily package. could be a, a week-long, month-long, season-long, whatever you'd like. 20% off promo code LEFTOVERS20. Again, go to pregame.com. Go to buy picks. Search for your favorite pregame pro. AJ's got a good college basketball package for tonight. Make sure you check it out. Leftovers 20. For AJ Hoffman, hey, Steve Fezzik, he was here. I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.